Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Searflows podcast. Maria and Evan back tonight with a special guest. So without further ado, why don't you take it away and introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Jordan Elrod. Uh, I live in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, I've been involved with Greek dancing, man, a long time. (laughs) (laughs) We're probably getting close to getting close to the 30 year mark, I guess you could say. And uh, I'll save the dance talk for when we actually get into the interview, but a little bit about me is uh, I'm married with two two young children. I have a six-year-old Lucas and a two-year-old Annette. And I'm a fireman for uh, Broward County Fire Rescue. Uh, Broward County's Fort Lauderdale, just north of Miami, for those who might not know. And uh, yeah, I, I doubt there's too many Greek dancing firemen out there, but I'd like to think that I check those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to explain to guys that I work with, but they're just like, because I travel a lot, obviously, for Greek dancing. They're like, at first they were just like, man, where are you going all the time? And I was like, oh, you know, I got a band gig. They're like, what do you play? I was like, drums. And they just think I play drums with like a rock band. I was like, no, nah, not really those drums. Uh, or I'll say it's like a dance thing. And now it's like over the years, they literally just been like another dance thing, another dance thing. I'm like, yeah. So, but that's the short, short synopsis about me. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Glad um, to be here. Really happy to have you. And um, I know we're very interested to hear your story. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some other people yeah. who are going to enjoy this as well. It's a weird um, one. I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to jump right into it. Um, I want to know, uh, you know, how did you get started in dance? How were you introduced to Greek dance? And um, you know, how did that develop over the years? And what was the point where you really kind of realized that this is this is more than just like, you know, a cool thing to do? Like, I actually love doing it. Yeah. So I started dance when we I was born in Atlanta and uh, my mother came from Cuba when she was 17 years old. And my father is about as American as an American could be. And uh, so no Greek blood that we know of. I haven't done my ancestry.com yet, which everybody's done for me to do, uh, that we know of in these veins. So, but my parents, when they got married, neither of them were particularly satisfied with their faith. My mom was Roman Catholic and my dad was Methodist. And, uh, they had a friend who was actually in seminary and other friends who were involved in the Russian Orthodox church. So they converted to orthodoxy. I was baptized in the Orthodox church, but it was the, uh, Russian. And then when we moved to Florida at a younger age, the only Orthodox church that was in the area was a Greek church. So I started going to the Greek church. And in order for when we moved, we knew no one. And my parents were like, well, you're going to make friends in the church. So I went to Greek school and I did Greek dance and I did. And initially I tried to tell this to like all the kids that I have taught over the years. I was I hated Greek dance. Hated, <laughs> hated. It wasn't like it was definitely not like a love at first sight thing. I used to, to line the chairs up at dance practice and like rebel and sleep and wanted nothing to do with it. And uh it was only like after you got to like a few good performances, you know, you kind of get that rush at the festival. I kind of took like a I became more interested in it. And obviously, of course, when you get a little bit older, you see that like you get to meet girls and different people in the dance group, and it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. But what really got me into like dance dance as we know it now was uh, I went to my first winter dance conference in, I believe it was 2002, 2001. It was in Tarpon Springs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was that was what did it. And I'd 
that's when I got like my first real big exposure to, to like outside dance. And what we were doing was not, I mean, it was traditional dance, but by no means were we at any sort of level of what you see now, you know, 20 years mm -hmm. later. So I always like to, to give a shout out and give a lot of credit to John Lulius as being kind of like the, the, the guy who opened my eyes, like the inspiration to me to, to really get involved in stuff. And that was, once that started, I was just all in it. Mm -hmm. So I started dancing um, a little more actively. We started to attend other other workshops. We never really, this was before, I mean, FDF had been going on, but we didn't really know about it here on the East Coast so much. Most yeah. of us anyways. And uh, so we were just strictly doing workshops. We hosted Winter Dance Conference here in Boca in 2005. And, uh, and before that, I actually had done, I should throw this in there too. I'd gotten, uh, done a performance with my group here for the Padilla organization, uh, which is through the University of Connecticut. It's like a Hellenic cultural organization. And I met uh, Janusz Tomazos, who found out that I wasn't Greek and I was doing all these dance things. So he was like, oh, I have this program that's going on in Rhodes, where I'm from, and I would love to send you to, to study abroad. So I, of course, like being, you know, 19 years old, 20, I was like, I'm, I'm gone. Like I, I took it yeah. and, I, and I left. And what was going to be like a semester turned into multiple semesters. And I lived in Greece. And that's where I really... Uh, gain more fluency in the language. And then while I was there, I got really involved in like real deal dance. Cause obviously there's one thing that we do here. And I try to explain this to kids or anybody when we do workshops is like, we do our workshops, we train to perform here, but like dancing in real Panigidia Greece is a, a much different experience that I hope that everybody gets to experience in their lifetime. But so uh, without going too far off the rails, that's kind of like where my, my dance really took off. And since then, I've just been directing groups in different areas, multiple groups at a time. I, you know, I got into the music later, uh, HDF committees and subcommittees and boards and judging and et cetera, et cetera. So here I am. That's awesome. Yeah. A simple little journey there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, well, it confuses me. It always confuses a lot of people because it's just like, oh, they'll see Jordan Elrod and they'll just be like, oh, well, your mother's Greek, right? Now, like, no, no, my, mom, my mom's Cuban. <laughs> You know, and even my parents too, like there's a, obviously a lot of people in the South Florida area know who I am as like the tall, tall blonde guy with the mustache that Greek dances and stuff. And then I'll meet my parents, <laughs> you know, and they'll be like, well, aren't you Greek? And they'll be like, no, our son is Greek, but we're not Greek. You know, like they laugh about it. <laughs> so uh, it's just something we've kind of gotten used to. You know, it, when, when I was younger and a little more like insecure about it, it was like I was having a bit of an identity crisis because, you know, it's like having grown up and I do identify as Greek, you know, mm -hmm. I'm 100% yeah. proud of being Cuban and, and American and everything too, but it, it is very strange that like I, I identify as Greek, you know, and it's, I laugh about it even now, like with my Bethara, who always, you know, people ask her when we go to Greece and we see her family and stuff, initially they were just like, oh, does it bother you that, you know, your, your son-in-law's not Greek? And they were like, have you met him? <laughs> They're right. like, why would it bother us at all? <laughs> right, he's more <laughs> Greek like, than It's exactly what they say. So, uh, yeah, just, I don't know what it is that it triggered in me, but, I, you know, dance is something else i can't get enough of it so when did you get introduced to um you play music as well when did you get introduced to that and when how was that i mean so that developed I, into it also through winter dance Con like winter dance conference too was probably one of the first times that i got real exposure to besides the 
down here in South Florida, the, the main silovi that, that would operate at the time, we had like the brumeliotes. So they'd have like clarino at their panigiria or the, the glendia, and then we have a lot of cretans. So I'd heard yeah. plenty of cretan lira and everything too. But when I went to Winter Dance Conference, it was like the first time live that I experienced, you know, gaides and sonades and, you know, all different other kinds of instruments that, that Greece has to offer. And that's also when I first met my cubaro Dimitri, Papa Dimitri from Atlanta, who married my wife and I, and we are the godparents of his daughter. Uh, and he's a he's a musician, and it just kind of like it spun off from there. Like we'd go, you do workshops all day. They'd have some kind of glendy at night. The glendy would end. Everything would move to like the hotel lobby, mm-hmm. and we would just be sitting there. And it was like the leftover guys, and we were jamming. And I was just like, I got to get in on this, you know. So I just started and picked up like with some more percussion stuff. I've sort of since then worked into some some woodwinds that I dabble in and, you know, uh, but I have like the utmost respect for some of those guys, like the embassy guys and other ones here in the States, like Drummond on Corbettas and them, but they play these multiple instruments and it's just like, it blows my mind, but I'm just happy to keep up. Like for me, it's just an outlet, you know, I don't consider myself like a professional musician at their level. I just, I can step in when needed and I play because I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to choose between the dance floor or the, the the music stage what's uh what's your preference depends on who's dancing and depends on who's playing (laughs) you know it's uh, i can relate to that (laughs) i mean if you have if my party is on the on the stage i want to be i want to be playing with them you know if my party is on the dance floor i want to be dancing with them and and but that being said too through fdf and hdf now and traveling to greece and and dancing like when you hear the top top musicians i mean i won't even hold a candle to those guys Mm -hmm. and i want to be dancing to it because that's like the lifetime experience you know that's what brings it to you but for me it's always it's always the energy like the the mood just has to be right Mm -hmm. it's like i you know that's it you got to be with the right people but it makes everything yeah very situational which i mean when you talk about dancing in america dancing at various events in America versus dancing at the Banigiri in, in Greece, like there's a whole different experience there. Um, and since since you lived in Greece for a while and experienced all that, I mean, how do you think that shaped? Is it, that... Gives, it gives you a new appreciation. You, you get like a different uh, meaning of dance. So I think what happens, and I don't want to get like, we could, as we mentioned, like going down the rabbit hole, like we could definitely <laughs> do that, especially uh, with the competitions and everything and, and dance performances in general. Like we, you know, as a dance director, we've all done it. You kind of, you want to train these kids and there's a certain level of discipline. Like we got to get them to dance. They got to look good. They have to perform and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just like when you go to like Funny Media and Greece, man, it's just dirty. Like it's raw, mm-hmm. you know, like if, especially like when I was in, in uh, Rodo or whatever, anywhere in Dodecani, so like the dance is Susta. Yeah. So it's like there, they start playing Susa. The Susa goes and goes and goes and goes, <laughs> go, you know? And it's just like, you you learn how this dance is actually supposed to be done instead of mm-hmm. like the two-minute audio clip that we throw into our, you know, pan, though the guy a suite for dances and, you know, the mm-hmm. kids do their routine. So it's kind of like you, you you get a different understanding. Uh, it, it just hits you different. I don't know how to explain it. And that's, it's one of the things too, like I try to, I know that the majority of young people now, especially here that are dancers, either 
don't get the opportunity to go to Greece to do this. They may never get the opportunity to do that. Uh, so I try to explain it to them as best I can. I always like, yeah. you know, explain to them that I, you know, dancing is not robotic at all. It's still expression ultimately. Like, you know, when you go to Greece and you see people dancing, it's like, especially if it's in their village and it's their dances, like no one, no one taught them to do these dances. Mm-hmm. You know, we, that's a whole nother theory that we, we can have discussions about with dance teachers in Greece and the good and bad that they, that comes with them. But it, it's like, they learned it naturally growing up, like emulating so there, there's not these, these rules placed upon them. So it's kind of like, I just, I don't know. I have like a totally different perspective than, than a lot of people, probably a lot of a different expectation of what I like to see. So, I mean, I know for myself, you know, having had the opportunity to, to um, participate in some of your classes um, at, I think it was at Bathos. Bathos yeah. Um, you definitely, you, when you teach, you really, you have this way of connecting that passion that needs to come out in the dance. And, and it, your lesson, what really struck me with the way you taught was your lesson went beyond just, these are the steps. Right. It really started to get at that. This is the feeling and this is right. how your body expresses that feeling. And it really opened the, the door to that conversation that, you know, this is the foundation, but what you do to it and how you manipulate it is your, yeah. that's, I mean, that is so important when you're talking about teaching kids and that experience, because I mean, we talked, what we talked to a number of people this week and Sarando said it, um, we had a musicologist, um, who was talking about how the way the music just possesses your body and starts mm-hmm. controlling you. Yeah. And when you get to that level and you get to experience that, that that's when you like ascend yeah, to this it. new it is it's it. and that's and those are you can see i can and i think a lot of people can they don't they might not know what they're looking at mm-hmm. but there's like a handful of dancers and it's just even mentioned this i'm sure you have names of people that like pop in your mind that like when right. you witness them dance there's something else mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily because the intricacy of the steps they do or the difficulty it's just that the way they connect is different like yeah so there's, I mean, and it could be, that's what I try to explain to people. It could be the most agile, you know, physically fit person in the room. And it could be just the, the dude that just is so heavy. He makes the earth shake, Yeah. but it's just, he has something else about him that you just like, they, they're captivating. Like you watch them and you can't take your eyes off of them, you know? And, and that's like the type of things that I look for. And those are the types of things too, that you, that can't be taught, you mm-hmm. know? So it's one of those things that it's like, people will, will ask me like they want to teach they like teach me to do this or teach me to do that and like I try to I always start workshops off or dances in general with the most basic of steps because one of the things I think is great about Greek dance in general and I try to explain is it how inclusive it is mm-hmm. like if you go to it it could be from the youngest kid who can barely walk who's at the end of the line to the oldest person who can barely walk for totally different reasons but they participate like every single Greek dance can really be broken down into something so simple and basic that everyone can participate and keep up. Yeah. And then it just, you know, it takes off. You have people that are a little more athletic, a little, you know, and it, it moves on to a different level. But it's just like, you can see that when they're, when they're expressing themselves in a different way, that it's unique. Like I look for that uniqueness. And I even say that with like dance groups too, when I explain it to them, like when I leave a workshop and stuff, I never wanted to be like, oh, I left if I taught 30 kids to dance, it's 30 Jordan looking dancers. I want you know it's a it's a group of individuals. You want all of them to be like, here, I'm giving you the tools, yeah. you know, or I'm giving you the paint, paint your own picture. Mm-hmm. It's you know, and I always like 
uh, I give the analogy, and it's funny you mentioned Saranda because he uses this now too, but I know he, he gives me credit for the, the box <laughs> analogy that I always throw out there that I'm like, you know, stylistically, when we talk about different regions, we can't go so crazy that I'm out there doing like, you know, super high kicks for Mobiaca or something different just for as a random example. But it's yeah. like, as long as it fits in the box of style, for me, there's not, there's not as many rules as a lot of people like to put in it. You know, it's just go out there, have a good time, express yourself, connect with people, connect with music, and you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. If you're out there having a good time, like you're always doing it right. So, how do you feel about, like, how does that theory, the Elrod theory on Greek dancing, how does that translate to competition? That's it. That's the question right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's it's difficult. So I think one of the there's, and I have this discussion with like because you competition stirs up a lot i wouldn't say argument a lot of debate Mm -hmm. you know there's people that are like all for it i think it's the greatest thing and then there's people who have been burned by it or they just don't like it or they think it brings out the bad in people i I personally i'm for it i believe um i think it's good if it's healthy i think it's good if it's if we maintain like a christian attitude about it like listen we're not you know if it's one thing that we should all learn at some point in our lives is that we're not going to be the best at everything all the time so the sooner we can learn that lesson and accept mm-hmm. it probably the better we off will be for a long time mm-hmm. um you know and, and that being said i think competition is is what has driven greek dance to the level that it's at here in the united states and i, I it's i don't think if without the competition aspect of it i don't think we would be seeing the musicians that we see coming to you know and and having people travel to greece like Asarando or, or you know other names that like to go and do research and and bring things back and expose things. I mean, it's to the point now that like you see some of, and I think there's many of the the top Greek dance teachers in, in Greece too will agree. Like you see some of the top Greek dancing in the world happening in the U.S. because of these competitions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I also see the flip side of it. There is a negative effect of, as I mentioned before, you have groups that'll be super robotic. And they go out there and they dance and you can see that it's just like strictly business. Like they go out there, this is what we've, we've trained for. We're out there, you know, it's almost like, and, uh, and the unfortunate part of that too, is I see it. So like after the performances are done and they're off stage and then we have the Glendy at night, like the kids will come out and they just do their performance all over again on the floor. Like they don't know how to socially dance. And that's one of Mm -hmm. the things that aggravates me the most. I'm like, like they're missing the point of the weekend. Like go out there, do your best, get a medal. Don't get a medal. Who cares? Like no one's going to. It means a lot when it happens, don't get me wrong, but ultimately it's like, it's going to go in a shoebox and collect us somewhere later on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but go and, and meet people and dance together. Like, you know, so it, it has its pros and cons. I think it's moving in a good direction because I think that the, the, the judging and, and a lot of the heads are coming to some sort of agreement about what it is that they're looking for. Like I can always appreciate a perfectly crisp, clean Greek dance performance, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I also like to see, like I said, groups of individuals. I like to see expression. I like to see like real dancers going out there and getting it. And I think ultimately, you know, there's a Greek saying, it's like one of my favorite ones, like mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, it comes down to the directors always. It's yeah. like totally the director's responsibility. You can, I can see when a director is like got the iron fist and they're mm-hmm. just training these kids to be, <laughs> You know, and I can see other directors that are just in there and the kids are having a good time and they connect differently, you know, and it's, 
that's why I always try to tell parishes and people like you guys that you're like, you don't, I don't think your church or your programs realize how lucky they are to have people like you, you know, and I know that like speaking from one director to another, I also know that we take a lot of abuse (laughs) (laughs) everywhere. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. We all have stories upon stories upon stories, you know, and it's just kind of like, but we, we hammer through it because we love it. So yeah, I think it's, you have to take the good with the bad. I personally like to see the competition as like half glass full kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think more good has come from it from bad. I know there's plenty of people out there that are just totally bitter and, and turned off by it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I want to tell those people like ultimately like who are you punishing? You know, it's like let the kids go out there and have a good time. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I mean, I, I definitely agree that I think the good outweighs the bad. Yeah. Um, but something you said that, you know, really kind of jumps out to me is the difference between the director who teaches the step for performance and everything is, you know, regimented and, you know, four steps of this, four steps of that, and boom, 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 versus the director who inspires dancers. And to me that like, that's what, you know, if we can, if we can move the conversation to that side, all right, yeah, we want crisp, clean, we want, you know, technically accurate. But if you don't have that, if you can't inspire your dancers to go out on the dance floor and show who they are, then yep. you're only giving them half of what exactly. they really and not need. The, not the good half. Yeah. In my opinion, it's like the, you know, you're the important half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, dance, this is, this is the conversation. It's a formal communication. It's a expression of yourself and that for you know first and foremost i just think that that is you know why we do it so it's yeah it's community and this is what i always try to you know whenever i've kind of stepped back from directing for the last few years and uh it's simply because too like i didn't i just don't have the time to dedicate to one particular group um yeah. you know and i've judged at hdf like the last few years uh so it's a little bit better that I don't commit to one group for obvious reasons because I'm required to be impartial to many groups, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I like it better, too, because it it's ironically enough, even the groups that and I'm sure you guys experience it, too, is like you could be the greatest of all Greek dancers, like the whole the end all of information, the encyclopedia and your kids will get tired of hearing you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's why even when I was directing, I used to like always try to make it a point to like host some kind of workshop or bring guest instructors. instructors. Yeah. So like, you know, because it's just, doesn't matter how good of a director I may be, you know, I may travel somewhere else and the group just thinks I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. But then, you know, your kids at home are just like, oh, great, it's Jordan again. Right. <laughs> you know, man, we got to deal with, you know, so it's like, it's good to just hear some fresh voices and get a different perspective and see different dancers and stuff. So my whole thing would always be like exposure. I just wanted to expose them as much as possible. And I would mm-hmm. remind the kids and the parents that like, why we're doing this. Because I, I try to explain to people like, as I mentioned before, like I met my best friends through this. Like I'm, uh, Papa Dimitri married us, so we're Kubari. Mito the last he baptized my daughter, so now we're Kubari. Um, Sarando, I'm like kind of Kubari with indirectly because my son's godfather married him. You know, like so the circle is like very, it's very yeah. tight. You know, I met my wife on the dance floor, so like mm-hmm. our kids are a direct result of Greek dancing. Uh, so that's what I try to explain to them. I was like, there's no 
better exposure or sense of community where they're going to meet like-minded young kids that are, you know, there's just so much way worse stuff that they could be out there doing. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. You know, I'm like, bring them here, let them dance together, let them have a good time. You know, let them look forward to something, let them work towards a common goal. And that's what competition brings, like the circle back to that. It's like, it, it, you know, they travel and they have a good time and don't get upset if they don't. Play. It's like ask questions, do better the next year. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I know it's easier said than done for a lot of people, but, you know, I'm, as you guys know, because I've spoken to you in the past or anyone who's actually talked to me, like when it comes to Greek dance, I tell people, I was like, to a fault, I will always talk about this stuff. Uh, you know, like if you ever have a question yeah. or you, you see something or you disagree with something or you, it's like, I'm always willing to have that conversation with anybody. Like shoot me a text, an email, I'll get back. You know, I love talking about this. It never mm-hmm. gets old for me. It's not a chore at all. Passion. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. And I, I feel like that's so important because what we had growing up, like Evan and I went to WDC. Evan went way more than me. I think you actually went to the one in Boca. Oh, um, did he? I didn't know. Yeah. Did you, did I did Boca. I did Tarpon. Yeah, I did, no I did all. I would, that's I'm like. It, it's funny to me when I talk. Yeah. Every everybody we talk to, I'm like, I was at that conference too with you. I was at. I'm like, yeah. How man. did I not actually like meet all these people? Right, that I know. Been it's around. Crazy for, to think is that you know it was 16 years ago now. Right. Is what's nuts, <laughs> but that's yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it is the same thing. Like we talk about. Like so, you know, in, in Boca was the first time that I met. Uh, Kiviakos Moisides, because he yeah. came oh, wow. and he was the instructor there, you know, oh, and now I see Kiviakos like every year. And then we like, it was probably like four or five years ago, uh, we made the connection because we were over there. I think it was, no, it was longer than that. It was probably seven or eight years ago now that I was over there. It was the summer that I got engaged uh, with my wife in Sedis or whatever. And we were, you know, they were connecting the dots with that. And we found out that my wife and Kiviakos are actually distantly related. <laughs> so then it's like you know we have this like running joke you know where i call him like fia and he calls me Cabron. <laughs> it's just like so but it's just funny to think like you know we met 16 years ago in boca randomly and now you know it's like it's just the world is small and the greek dance world is tiny like, it's so just, tiny you know people and i think that's awesome that everyone's there and i didn't even know i hope yeah. you had a good time it's still one I of the best it. times we had down here yeah <laughs> I, it was by far one of my favorite conferences yeah. was boca yeah that was yeah. I mean, not to mention, you know, wintertime and being in that was the warm, itself, yeah, warm <laughs> weather. And I, we, I remember we like purposely gave like a two hour break in the middle of the day just so we go to the pool because we were like, got all these people from Chicago and, you know, from right. Canada and everybody coming down. With, like, we have to give them pool time. <laughs> Sunshine. <laughs> I feel like I think I didn't go to that one because I was graduating from college. Was yeah. That? You okay, had. That's probably why. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> School. Whatever. Yeah. Nowadays, um, whatever. Priorities, right? right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, so crazy. I mean, oh five, January oh five. Yeah, yeah. That's why. The community we talk about is just. I mean, this is really just shining a light on how. I mean, you know it. You you have so many lifelong connections that have yeah. been born on the dance floor. But I'm just like, I mean, I'm sitting here like, okay, maybe we need to turn this into a dating app or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, <laughs> meet on the dance floor. Yeah, it's better <laughs> right. than any app because then you actually get to meet and interact with people in person. That like the, in that person ancient app. technique of meeting people in person. Stop. <laughs> Why yeah. did you ever do that these days? <laughs> yeah, see, that's how we age ourselves now because now we're just like, wait, you met people in person? I was like, right. <laughs> yeah, and we held hands. Right. Right away. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so I want to dive into um, regions of Greece. Um, so I'm curious, 
areas of Greece that you um, are particularly drawn to, areas of Greece that um, you have kind of grown like a more substantial knowledge on? What what are what what's your go to? What's your favorites? What do you like? So initially, as I mentioned, like what what drew me first was simply because of what I was exposed to here. And it, it's funny that we mentioned like the music because like for me, hearing live music is a world of difference. So mm -hmm. like, obviously some of my first exposure to like live traditional Greek music was Crete and Gita. Yeah. Um, my very first trip to Greece before I went to school there, I actually did a, a language program over, over a summer. I was there for almost eight weeks in uh, Kenya. So while I was there, I was doing like, tutoring and lessons throughout the day on a normal schedule. And then I was just traveling and doing, and I had obviously a lot of connections of Greek people that were here that I knew and friends and stuff that would travel to Greece for the summer and I would hook up with them. And so my first exposure to Greek dance in Greece was, was in Greece. And I was like all in on that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I used to like do a lot of workshops here with like Mary Koros from, yeah. uh, and I would travel with her and we would kind of like do joint workshops because she would kind of use me as like the, to teach some male stuff on certain stylistic things. So Cretan was the initial. Then when I went to uh, to school in Brodo, uh, that's when I got like sucked into the kind of stuff. So I was like, and not just like, I went, so that I stay, I was living in a village called Sorani in the in Rhodes. It was like maybe, it's like a 20, 30 minute drive south of like Pariapoli, the main city. Mm -hmm. And uh, the school was in that city itself, but it, I was kind of, that was one of my, my first, not my first exposure, but like living and seeing like actual differences. Like Roda has a huge, a deep, deep history when it comes to like particular dances and like village variances, let's say for, for being a smaller island. So that's where I kind of got like fascinated in the fact that like one village can dance is just so different. Yeah. than another village on the same island. And then when you think about it, like historically, it makes sense. Like they were isolated at one point. It wasn't mm -hmm. now, you know, we talk about it was a 20, 30 minute drive, but at that time it'd be, you know, a day's trip. Like they're not mm -hmm. going to go on the donkey. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I used my time there too, as an opportunity to travel over. So I hit all the, the neighboring islands. I spent a lot of time in Pincos. I went to see me, uh, us a lot of the islands around the area. And I kind of got exposed to that. So it, they all kind of tie into each other. And it's one of the things too, that I just find fascinating. is like how, how Greek dance, when you travel throughout the regions, kind of like bleed into one another and one borrows from here. And then it, you know, like a game of telephone in a way, like the, mm -hmm. the first stop says it this way and it kind of morphs into something else by the time you get to the end, but they're still connected in the, in the, the trip that travels that takes you from point A to point B. So then when I came back, obviously I was, I went, fell right back into directing and, and I kind of focused a lot of my stuff on the kind of, I still traveled and did all the workshops that I possibly could. Uh, anytime I could get to Greece and just travel and see different, different spots, I would kind of dabble here and dabble there. Um, but at the time, my main focus was like in that group of violence and Cretan stuff. And I actually spent, I kind of drifted away from the Cretan stuff a lot and went more into the, the island things. And then I met my wife. And uh, then I started traveling to Cetis. And this is where my connection with like Yvonne happens and she can relate because we, we share a similar story. Like we're, right. we're in Greece doing Greek dance stuff. And then it was, you hit Cetis and it's like, it's, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's, 
and as far as dancing goes and music wise too, I feel like it's almost not downing any other areas because the same argument can be made for any, any region. But for whatever reason, like Zorna is one of those things that it either hits you in a good way or just <laughs> like totally puts you off. And for right. me, it's like, as soon as I hear them, it's like, just even talking about my hair stands up. Mm-hmm. So then I was just like, what is this? So then obviously I got the opportunity. Now we go, I go every summer, not the last summer, obviously. Um, I did go last year for Apocryas with Michael Barastado, but like right before COVID shut down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we go and I, it's just like one of those places I've been going there now for the better part of 10 years. And it, I, every time I go, I see, I see new stuff, you know, and I, I've been lucky enough to, to connect with Yvonne while we're there. And I see her there basically every summer we're together and we travel and do like one media and I pick her brain. Mm-hmm. And ask her a million questions and, you know, and we sit and have these very same kinds of discussions about competition back home and, you know, just, just discussions. Cause that's one of, it's like, you can not so much debate, but you can have like difference of thoughts or like you just perceive things differently and we'll, mm-hmm. we discuss it. And that's what I love about Ivanka. We have these conversations at end or, you know, without end over a Bugatsa and whatever we're doing like you know because if you haven't had Bugatza, you're, you haven't lived yet if for no other reason go to say it is for Bugatza. it is the birthplace people don't even know um, but uh yeah so uh, of, and I, one of the great things about that i love about said is too is like especially in the summer man funny you are happening every night and you never have to do the same thing twice it's like wow. because they have Thracians that are there. So it's like one night if I want to hear Gaida or Vladino, I can go hear that. You know, also with the, the black here at Saracatan, they'll play Gladino or there's Bondi everywhere. So there's always like Bondiaka mm-hmm. happening or there's the Dokihini. I mean, it's just like so much all mm-hmm. in one spot. It's just like, like I can't get enough of it. So of late, I've always kind of, you know, I one of the things is like if if a group calls me, and they'll be like, oh, we want to learn this or want to learn that. If I can help them, I try to help them. But I'm I'm also like, I'd like to think that I'm humble enough to know, like, listen, if you're calling me because you want to do Evros, here's Saranda's number, right. call him up. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not even going to touch what he does, you know? So it's kind of when people call me up and they ask me or they give me the option, like, what would you like to teach? I try to focus more on stuff that I'm into at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, or that I feel comfortable with sharing the the material on. And that's... That's kind of it. But that being said, I can tell you, like we were mentioned before, I appreciate all dancing. I didn't, it wasn't always this way. You know, I used to hear things like, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way specifically, but like Ipirotica back in the day, like did nothing for me. But now I'm like, I'm super close with Dina Dallas, right? Who's another guy that you should probably interview for one of these, if you haven't been told that already. Yeah, we've been talking with him. He is, his passion for Ipirotica is like infectious. And he has given me a whole new appreciate. Like I can watch it. And he's one of the guys that like, when I talk about dancers and you see dancers dancing, like I can watch that dude dance all day, yeah. you know, like shout out to Dean, like no shame. And in me saying <laughs> this, that is one of the guys that I can sit there and be like, what? you know, like he just, yeah. uh, and when you see a dancer that does that and they connect with it in a certain way, like it connects to you. So something that didn't used to touch me, like with Ipirotica, I had like just I could appreciate it, but I was kind of indifferent. Like now I look at it, man, I gotta get in on this. Like I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta you know, and it's but so of late, I would say like through Dean, I like to and we go back and forth. And the funny thing is, is like the same conversation that we're having now, 
Dean will call me randomly on like a, you know, a Tuesday morning. It's like 6 a.m. California time. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm going to come off. And then we get sucked into like a three-hour conversation about, you know, about dancing. Just, just ridiculous stuff. And we go back and forth about it. And it's just, that's what's great about it. So those are my areas of focus, I think, that it just currently, because it's, it's what's available to me and I can mm -hmm. go and I can yeah. do it. But there is, I've yet to encounter something that I just don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. You know, not, there's never been anything that I'm like, oh, God, oh, not this again. You know, it's, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it all. And as we had mentioned before, too, there's certain things that I, I appreciate, like some aspect of it. There's some things where the dancing might not do much for me, but the music is amazing. Mm -hmm. I might not be on the dance floor because I just want to enjoy the music, you know? Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. I think also like what you kind of bring up is like the authenticity of things, too. You know what I mean? So like you're, you're authentically connecting to something and that's why it's like finally grabbing you, you know? <clears throat> so maybe like Ipiros didn't grab you back in the day, but now you're like, because you can. Right. I just didn't, I didn't music. see the right Ipiros. That was it. Right. I didn't hear the right Ipiros. And then it's like when you, but it's one of those things that if you, if you don't stick with it or you don't continue to expose yourself, you'll never get that. You know, mm -hmm. you'll never have that moment. And that's one of the things that I explained to a lot of dancers specifically, as we mentioned, like when it comes to Zornad, like it's, I could put on a recording of Zornadas playing and they'll just do it. Yeah. But when you hear Zornadas live and oh, it doesn't require any sort of amplification and those dudes are coming out and they're playing and they're blowing the roof off, <laughs> like you hear it coming a mile away, like you can't help but be like, wow, like, what is this? And some people will still be like, that's horrible sounding. It sounds like death, but you know, but for me, it's just straight power. Like you, you will not leave a Glendy with Zornada is a legit one without your ears ringing. Like that's how you just know you've had a good time. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just, it's so funny. Cause like, that's such a hard thing to explain to people who are not Greek or Philhellenes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that you will leave like a rock concert or like a, <clears throat> excuse me, like a country concert with like ears ringing. Right. Same thing at like events in the, you know, little church platea or where, wherever you are um, in like the mountains of Greece. And people are like, what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah. you have to go. You do. And I think like when you talked about competition and like how sometimes kids can't break away from their competition set, I feel like something that's so important is to go to Greece and to see that dance and to see the people in the line. And, you know, people who like do this all the time, like I'm thinking even about Katbathos, right? Like Panajoro has danced for hours. Oh, forever. Yep. Forever, right? <laughs> and it's because they they don't care about necessarily the dance that they're doing. They're getting lost in the mandinadas that the people are singing. So it's so not about those steps. Like if you actually watch the people in front, like they'll start to get a little sloppy and they'll start to like change up the step a little bit, right? Probably because yep. their one leg is about to fall off, but yep. you know, um, but it's about that authentic connection. And that is what I wish, like Evan and I have never been really to competitions. Um, we're definitely going to go to HDF, definitely going to go to FDF coming sure. years. But like, I wish that people would like see past that. Like there's a point in time for a nice crisp, crisp, clean presentation, so on and so forth. But it's like real life. Like, what do you do in the real situation? You know, yeah. um, it's the same thing. Like you can equate it to anything. I'm even thinking like what I learned in nursing school, like, yeah, there's crisp, crisp, clear ways to do stuff. But when you're in like the thick of it, yeah, you do it yes. the way that saves yeah. the patient. Firefighting is no different. 
and like right. I, I can understand too because we're all paramedics and it's the same thing it's like you know you go to paramedic school and you learn and then there's like street medicine because they're never right. going to train you for the the crazy scenario that you're going to find yourself in so it's your ability to separate exactly you know? exactly yeah. and i think that you're so right i know i'm like going back but that comes to the director and mm -hmm. i think when directors teach things that they are themselves not passionate about you yep. see more of that robotic you it know definitely shows yep and it's hard so that's why it's i find that that's what makes the dance conferences like the pathos or the winter dance conference and those things like so important uh and we try to maintain them because before we were exposed to an hdf or fdf but like the dance conferences were the only things that we had and even yeah. then when you you and your group would perform there was an aspect of competition to it like you wanted to go out and be the best dance group that performed there you didn't have mm -hmm. like official judging and awards and all these things but so like even when you're not competing you were competing mm -hmm. but what was good about that was like i think it gave a lot of exposure to other directors and not so much the dancers and that's why i think it's great like with the pathos as i mentioned like to bring directors there to get exposed to as much as possible and to different directors because you never know who's going to be the guy that or gal that that inspires them to appreciate something they didn't appreciate what who's going to turn that light switch on for them like i mentioned mm -hmm. john Lulius for me like it was just who's going to be the person that like kicks it into the next gear. And the only way you're going to find it is, and not only that with the dancers, like I can always tell too, uh, who the dancers are going to be that are going to take over as directors. You can just see yeah. who have it and who don't, <laughs> you know? And it, it's like one of the best things to, to know. I think that's another thing that like a lot of directors should understand is, recognize our own mortality when it comes to Greek dance and try to prep the next generation as best you can and give them more responsibility and, you know yeah <laughs> you like know, throw like, out an amen there <laughs> yeah because it's like as a director too and you get so involved in it and you're so invested like you just you don't want to let go of the reins but it's sometimes you just got to be like hey this kid's got it like mm -hmm. give him some responsibility let him take over a younger group let him run a practice let him you know, to give them, feed them more material that they're not getting in your class. Like let them be exposed to other things. Like it's, that's the only way that this is going to continue because we just have to be able to let go, you know, and let it, and that's the way that it should be. Like yeah, yes. it's, it's, it just go, otherwise it's going to die with us or the next generation. It's like inspire young yeah. kids and let them yeah. do it. Now, our, our job as directors, as instructors is not to learn everything we can and hoard it ourselves it's to learn it never and pass it on never and that's you funny know, you like, mentioned that because I, I always yeah i i think i've been blessed especially too because like when i go when i go to greece and i ask a lot of questions i think a lot of people that i run into like whether they be locals or dance people in greece they're always a lot of them are always obviously very fascinated with my story so i feel like they're always more willing to share things with me because it's like i'm not just a, a greek american coming i'm like mm -hmm. a cuban american and the, the majority of Greeks in Greece have like don't know a single Cuban and they're just like the right. Greek dances and speaks Greek and does these things. So I feel like they're almost like extra willing to give me stuff because they're so uh they're not impressed, but they're so taken aback by like my whole story. Mm -hmm. So it and I always tell people I, you know, whenever I come back and people will ask me for like material now especially with youtube and the internet it's like there's no hiding stuff but it, back in the day like directors used to go and whatever material they got they would they would like hoard it like, no, this is yeah. group and you can't <laughs> yeah for me it's like it, it's not that's not my style like this isn't mine it's not yours 
they shared it with me to share it with. They knew exactly what I was doing when they gave me the information. Mm -hmm. They knew that I teach kids how to dance and they just, and it's the coolest part is you can, you can research or ask questions about some of like the, the smallest areas or the tiniest villages. And they're just, they're taken aback to a, by the fact that anyone would even care mm-hmm. about what, you know, cause a lot of the young people in Greece don't, yeah. uh, much less that there's, I care enough. And there's other young kids here in the U S that care also to put it on this stage and put it at this level. Cause it's for me, it's, that is like the, the, the best thing that one of like my top moments of, of Greek dance was I was directing a group from Hollywood. This is probably, it's amazing how time flies. I guess it'd probably be like five or six years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I had done uh, like more extensive research in Aigyopnevna, which is a village in Sedis. And I met this guy, Sterigos, who was there, uh, who has done a lot of research on his own village. And he shared a ton of stuff with me. And we were just constantly back and forth. And, and I put together a suite of dances. And they, they were like middle school, high school kids. And they performed the dances and they did well at competition. And I sent the video to Stedigo. I was like on YouTube. I was like, look, here's what the kids did. And he was like, but like legitimately blown away by it. He was sharing mm-hmm. his Facebook. I saw all these other people. So then I traveled to Greece the following summer. And then, you know, they had for Aigiopadaskivis, like their big, one of their big celebrations. So they were having fun eating. He was texting me. Said, Him and a few other people are like, are you coming to the, and I was like, of course, I'll be there. I'll be there. And they did a presentation like in the platea they put the video of the kids dancing like for the villagers and they no gave me like a little plaque like of appreciation i mean to this day i still get kind of like misty eyed about yeah. it you know and yeah. i had all these people from the village coming up to me like they knew who i was simply because these kids they were like and the kids were singing their songs like kids some kids who don't yeah. speak greek and they heard them singing and they were just like for me that was the kids could have gotten dead last at competition Right. But to, to get that sort of appreciation from like the source for me was that's like a pinnacle moment for me. It shows that I was doing something right, mm-hmm. you know. So, the, and that's one of the things that like no one could ever take away. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Yeah. Those are the moments that I mean, all oh, that is you do it for a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's what I try to tell people too. I was like, and I get the group specifically, you know, it's when you dance and perform and do something like speaking as a, a judge, quote unquote, who cares what the judge is saying? Like if, if people from there, if the musicians that you brought from the region are saying like, listen, this is some of the best stuff we've ever seen. Who cares mm-hmm. if the judges didn't yeah. like it? You know, it's like, and also yeah. I always try to explain to them too. It's like, there's no better satisfaction than even at the competition when people know who your group is and they want to see you perform. Like when I go to competition, I would get like the the schedule and, and highlight and be like, these are the groups that I want to see because I knew that yeah. they would do something special. I could care less. I wouldn't even go to the awards banquet. I don't care where they finish. I just knew that that's what I wanted to see and to have like people come up to you and be like, oh, when is your group going to be on? You know, we want we want to specifically see you. It's like, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. They don't care if you got second or third. It's like the judging, like I said, the medal is nice always. I'm not mm-hmm. going to take anything away from the groups that have won. It's a great feeling, but it's bigger than that. Much bigger. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I mean, again, we haven't been to competition, so I I can't, I can't speak to that experience. But for me, um, you know, dancing is always, it always has the most impact in the most meaningful experiences have always been kind of completely unplanned, unexpected. Um, You know, I mean, the most memorable performance I ever did was you know, a rush performance for a church 
that called us two weeks before the festival and said they don't have any dancers that it fell through and what can we do and I, I you know I took two guys with me so it was a three-man performance I'm like convinced that it's going to be like garbage you know yeah. like whatever we're just gonna we're doing this mo most random set of men's dances and it ended up being like Tuesday my most memorable experience I mean people the way they reacted and just you know people coming up literally took jewelry off their arms and put it on us they're like thank you thank you and I'm just like that's it. I know those are the moments wait. so but yeah I mean that that's you know being able to give that to our students to me that's that's always my goal Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want them to walk away for whatever it is, a performance, if, you know, if and when, not if, we are going to take them to competition, but, you know, I want them to walk away with that, you know, I mean, for and me, it, I can tell already, like, that no BS, I'm not going to curse on your guys' show, but, uh, <laughs> which is hard for Phew. me, I'm still a fireman, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I can tell already just from your guys' attitudes that they'll, that they'll get it they'll have a good time and they'll get it. You know, it's like going, if you go in knowing, you know, that like, this is what we're going for. This is the goal. If we win great, if we don't, we're still going to come back and we're going to, you know, it's like that they'll have a great time just for the exposure okay. alone. It'll be great. Yeah. You know, so I I'm want them to experience the Glendy, the parties yeah, afterwards. No, the and that's the, that you know. is the, the memorable stuff. That's what makes the party, man. It's like, mm -hmm. that's the meat of it. <laughs> 100%. I mean, it's like, cause when, especially now the level that it's gotten at, where the, yeah. the, the quality of musician that they bring from Greece, these groups is unreal. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, when else are you going to get like a, basically a private showing in a Marriott lobby and wherever? It's crazy. Of like top, I mean, you know, I'm mean, not top super pop star names, but like, top, right. I mean, the, the masters of their craft is like, yeah. it's, it can't be topped. And that's yeah. why I'm saying if, if you have all these kids that can't go to Greece to experience it, this is the closest thing they're going to get. Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't we want to expose it to it i can't wait i honestly God, I am. let's go, let's go God, I, I cannot wait until it's back <laughs> you, it's one of those things that's last year you haven't realized like you just don't i think it's been good in a way for me and probably for a lot of people that it's it's one of those things that like you just get so wrapped up in it it's like you know your dance season again and we're, every week we got practice and i'm going to travel here and i'm going to do that and we got competition and performances blah 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 that you just kind of, it becomes like routine and a, a job in and of itself that like now having the last year of not doing it, I think, I think a lot of people are going to appreciate it that much more when we finally get to do this again. Yeah. Myself a, being the top guy, because <laughs> I miss it, it a, so much now. <laughs> it was a needed break. Maybe right. it went on a little bit too long. Too long, but... <laughs> right, right. Right, it's been a year think, now. Like I let's... think we all agree that <laughs> it was a nice break at first, but then we're like, okay, all right, this is enough. Let's get yeah. back to it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. Um, are there any areas of Greece um, that you feel not as confident with that are on your list of areas that you'd like to get into? Epidos for sure. Okay. Epidos for sure. Um, Dean always gives me a hard time about that because he's always <laughs> wanted to. And they, I mean, it's not. It, Everyone will look at it and be like, oh, yes, that, yes that three, it's, it's easy. It's like, I feel like it is, it's next level to do well. And then you get into some yeah. of these crazy dances that he knows and areas. And it's just like, for sure. Um, I feel like it's one of those things, like I just, you, you think you know 
an area, even because you did a workshop or you met somebody and then you'll see something that you're just like, wow, I, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like, for now it might be Ibiros and then I'll go there and it could be something as mundane as, not even mundane, just something that, you, you know, you see a lot of like dances from Atanisa or somewhere that they are normally reserved and they do with like younger kids. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to do from yeah. they dance these dances from younger kids. But you'll remember from Winter Dance Conference in Boca, we brought that guy, Candas uh, from who danced and I was like this dude was next level yeah you know so it's just like I feel like it's constantly changing it could be today it could be even just tomorrow I could see one guy who's dancing and he's dancing his stuff from god knows where you know I remember I got into I went down a rabbit hole this past year of Dean and I sending stuff back and forth from like Mesologi where they you know with the pipizas and stuff and like the tamikan that I'm just like what is happening here like I've seen it before but now with YouTube you get you can see a lot of stuff that you never would have seen you know yeah and it's just never ending my wife laughs at me because i she'll know that it's like she sees me get on my phone and while a lot of people (laughs) might be like sucked into social media and stuff i get sucked down this youtube vortex of just like greek dance videos again and i'll be like yes you've seen this and i'm just like (laughs) like one just leads you to the next to the next you know Right. You're like, eyes are like bloodshot. Oh, You're like, gone, gone. And next thing you know, what I, yeah, what I thought was five minutes, like six hours later, I'm still doing it and my phone's right. dead. Come on, yeah. Right. But that's it. It could be, it could be anywhere. Honestly, Evan, I could, it's yeah. all of it, all of it. Yeah. Gosh, makes me want to like go to Greece right now. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. And for no other reason. Now, now that we've talked about music, dancing, Bugatsa. It's right. like, you know, like all of it. It's like, oh man, it's so rough. It's so rough. Right. We were talking to Yvonne and she's just like, I can tell you exactly where I'd be at this very moment. Yep. If I were in Greece right now, where I should be, yep. I could tell you what chair I'd be sitting in. She is. Tell you what's going to be on my table. That's it. And she, yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough last year. I, It was one of those things. And I'd always kid with Yvonne because I'd see her every summer. And we'd always talk about like me going over there for like a book is and doing her her tour with her. And then this last year in 2020, last February, it was literally like two weeks before. And my Barostavro was like, oh, you should, you know, I'm going to go. He's like, I'm going, look at tickets. And I looked at tickets and the tickets were cheap enough. And I was able to finagle my schedule last minute. And I just went for like, you know, 12 days. Yeah. And I was, at first... I was so disappointed because when I first got there was when they first started like canceling things because of COVID. Mm. And I was like, this is not happening to me. Like I literally just flew halfway across the world. And like Mm -hmm. the day that I arrived, they're starting to quote unquote cancel things. But uh, in the end, ultimately, I think it it created a better experience for me because a lot of the, they canceled official things, Mm -hmm. but unofficially, like the things were still happening. It was very early. Like nothing was shut down. This was the end of February last year. Mm -hmm. So it was like what, you know, with Yvonne, for example, like she goes and they do like the, in Flambro, they do the, like the Babugiri and the, the different Etiman stuff throughout the different villages. It's like what mm-hmm. now has become like a popular thing for busloads of dancers and instructors to come from Saloniki or Athena to come in and just like flood the platea with people became literally just the villagers. So it was yeah. like, I got to experience it last, last year as more as it was intended to be experienced, you know, and I got just quality time with my Kubata with Yvonne and, and we got to do, you know, great things. And it was, I, I, to this day, I say to my wife and stuff, I was like, thank God that that trip happened mm-hmm. to like refill my batteries 
before mm-hmm. we didn't get to go in the summer and do all these things because I would probably be in like some kind of state of depression right now if I didn't at least get to because literally I flew back I think like March 4th and it was oh, wow. like that's when everything started yeah. shutting that's yeah. when like officially people were like nope we're not doing this we're not doing that and it was things got crazy after that but like I snuck right in there imagine if you had gotten stuck there I mean oh, horrible horrible no terrible (laughs) but i actually know i did i had thought about that i was like oh man because it was i mean i was cutting it close yeah and it was like they were you know they were starting to cancel flights and do all these things and it was and actually i think it was um i don't remember correctly you'll have to ask her on her part two but i think yvonne was staying longer than i was and i think it was like she may have had to change her ticket even to make it back because they were starting to cancel flights so she had to like rearrange stuff so that's how yeah. close it was it's cra- <laughs> it's crazy and it, what's crazier is to think that a year has passed yep. since then like that's pretty nuts and then that like that actually happened and that these villages where okay they're easily accessible now but they're still more remote than like you know oh yeah us driving from Northern Silver Spring into DC, right? Like it's a different, it's a different right. arena. Right. Um, but that people like complied with yeah. what was going on and yeah. like stopped their traditions and stopped like what was so, what's so important to them. Yeah. Um, and I understand why I'm not belittling that, but we uh, interviewed a musicologist and he studies the music of Ipiros and we asked him sort of what he thought about that. And if he thought, that COVID and the pandemic and how people are living now would change traditions and would change Greek dancing. Um, what do you think about that? I, you, you want to, I think for some, it may, I think for some that we've like, they, they've, they've planted something now that some people may never be able to overcome. And I think there's probably going to be people on that the complete opposite end of the spectrum that are, they're going to come out of this like partying harder and they just like, cannot wait for this to happen. So either way, I mean, technically, I guess if you look at it that way, the answer is yes. Like it's going to change. Like, cause people are going to, they're not going to come out and it's not, it'll, it's not going to be normal, quote unquote. It's going to be mm-hmm. different in some way. Like you'll have people that might be more timid and you'll have people that'll be over the top, yeah. you know, but um, mm-hmm. I would hope, I mean, I think it's natural just with any sort of parada. Like parada is always evolving, and this mm-hmm. is one of those things that like, I'm sure it's not the. It's if you look at the the known history of dances, they change for so many reasons that I, I'm sure that this will go down in history. Futuron is like a, a blip on the radar that had this bit of influence that things slightly mm-hmm. changed here, and hopefully someone's documenting it well, and we can justify why we do one thing one way, and you know. 20, 30, 50 years from now, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting. That's for yeah. sure. We're going to see the COVID figura coming out. And yeah, possibly. Right. I think we already are. You see these people dancing with like, you know, that what used to be like proper technique that we couldn't like have male to female contact. So the mandiri had to be in between. Like now we have the mandiri for like a totally separate reason. It has to be like a six foot mandiri. Like now we're using a, tab- a tablecloth. <laughs> Bringing your guys' favorite tablecloth. That's it, right? The brika is now totally different. All the the, the doilies that your guys are going to be knitting and stuff are going to be super long for us. Yeah, you know, had a good idea. I mean, those doilies. 
Yeah, they were ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah, those are always right. That's why we should know this by now. All right, exactly, exactly. That's actually really, really funny. <laughs> I feel like somebody needs to make a meme about that. Yeah. To, you you, to... you yes, post COVID, but you got right. like the doily that goes and. <laughs> Imagine. That's so funny. I definitely have some in my dining room because I have all my parents' <laughs> stuff from New York. They, yeah. they didn't want to bring, well, they didn't bring to Florida. Some they didn't gotcha. want to bring, of course. Of course, of course. You know, had to they be in Maryland. Conveniently left it for you. Yeah, but I I mean, there's, Ev, I could bring these to dance practice. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff in there. Photo <laughs> shoot. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cover everything and doilies will be safe from COVID. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so this is not a dance question. This is more of like a, a fun question. Um, and we haven't talked about food in like a few podcasts. So that's why we have to bring it up. We brought up Bugatza, but what's your favorite thing to cook at the firehouse? Can you talk oh. about that? Or is it like a secret? No, it's not a secret at all. Okay. Um, I'll tell you. So it's funny. I My number one hit, believe it or not, like I make like homemade tzatziki for the guys. Okay. But spanakorizo is always like the super big hit. All right. You'd be, like we can do, I can make suplaikya, I can do like bifteya, I've done like yemista, all recipes that I've robbed from like my petara and petara, obviously. But the, the spanakorizo is always like the the one that outshines everything, you know? And I put a little feta in it to like spice it up a little bit, but they're just like always. Spanakorizo is like the jam. So if I go, especially if it's like, if I go to a station that I'm not, cause I I'll rotate between stations for a little bit. And it's like, whenever I show up and I walk in the door, they'll be like, Oh, you're going to cook that Greek stuff tonight. You're going to make that spinach <laughs> rice. And I'll be like, I guess so. So yeah, it's like the, the spinach is always the jam. You, you'd think it'd be something like super huge and hearty and like one of the things that, you know, but that's the crowd right. favorite and anything with tzatziki, anything. Oh yeah. So, like I could I could probably serve them dog crap and up with tzatziki. Like, this is delicious. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. Um the reason I sort of asked that is because in one of our podcasts we talked to Phil Butsakis and we asked him the best cheesesteak in Philly and he told us it was not in Philly. Um he was like, I'm gonna get some heat for this, but um I have anecdotally a fire station up the road from my house and few years ago, I had to cancel dance practice because I locked myself out, but not just because like my keys, I had my keys, right? But I had a deadbolt on my front door that didn't have a key override. So like the um, mechanism got stuck and I live on the top floor of my condominium building. So I'm like sitting here, I'm like, how do I get in? (laughs) Like. (laughs) <laughs> what do I do? So I had to last minute cancel dance and I called the fire department up the road and I, I called like the non-emergency line. I'm like, are you guys busy today? And the guy's like, no. <laughs> like, why? What's up? Well, were they able to help? I hope at least. I mean, yeah. So they brought the giant bucket truck okay. up and, you know, came across, came through. He's like, are you sure your balcony door is open? I'm like, I'm sure the door's open. <laughs> and lo and behold, he just swings the bucket over and jumps onto my balcony and, and unlocks the door. There you go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> Moral of the story, right? I brought them a giant platter of like every Greek meat I could get from one of our Greek restaurants um, locally because I was like, I got to do something to thank these guys, you know? Um, And I'll see some, I like sort of know them a little bit and I'll see them around and they're always just talking about the Greek meat, the Greek meat. Yeah, see, (laughs) they'll love it. That's the thing. We always laugh that like in the firehouse or in the the fire station, like you could leave anything. I could forget a hundred dollar bill on the table 
I could leave, you know, your wallet, your sunglasses, anything around, and it'll it'll stay there for a year. No one will touch it. But if you leave food out, it's gonna be gone. <laughs> like if you don't think that you can like leave a cookie out and it'll still it's like so it's like we we laughingly say that like every station must have rats in it because the rats just come and steal everybody's food. It's like yeah, firemen know right. how to eat. But it, it's one of the things too that like it, in the fire department it helps us like maintain our sanity. Like down mm-hmm. here we're very urban mm-hmm. and we, we're very busy. Like we run constantly. And like I said before, we do all the EMS stuff too. So we're all like paramedics and we run yeah. the ambulance runs out of our stations and everything too. So we're, I mean, we're running a lot of calls a lot of, mm-hmm. and you see and do things that most normal people should never have to see or do. So it's like the, the, the gathering, like the social aspect of like the, the firehouse dinner table is like probably one of the most important things I think of the job, like, cause it helps us maintain and diffuse and disconnect mm-hmm. and everything. And it's to the point now that like, I make it a point, even in my own home, that like there's no technology there's no not like when we have dinner it's like everybody's sitting down we're having dinner we're, we're talking with one another mm-hmm. yeah you know it's one of the things that it's like the, the like we jokingly talked about before like meeting people in person but it's like communicating and, and discussing and just enjoying people's company and stuff is almost like becoming a lost art because we get like behind devices and it's one of the things that like i you realize in my job specifically we realize the importance of like a brotherhood in the community and it's something that I try to like, it's bled out into the, my outside life too, you know, mm-hmm. which it could be a reason too, that I appreciate dance so much. I'm a people person. I'm, just, I'm a social butterfly. I got to get out there. I spread my wings. <laughs> and I think, but you're so right. Cause it dance is a community. Cause I am definitely like an introverted extrovert a hundred percent, but throw on a good band on the stage. Give me some good music that I like I'm really into and I'm out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, I truly think like I have to attribute a lot of professional growth for me to the dance community. Oh, without um, a doubt. Yeah. Which is, I, it's me too. I mean, like, and I try to explain this even to parents when I talk about like the benefits also, I can't tell you, even when I did my fire department interview, cause I went to, I mean, I, I studied at Florida Atlantic university. I had a finance degree. I had an office job doing like, mm-hmm. you know, bookkeeping and financial planning. I tried all this stuff for like three and was miserable. I just, I'm not cut it. I'm not an office guy. I'm not a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when I did my, like my fire department interview, I put on my application, like, you know, you want to discuss your extracurricular activity. Always the thing that garnered the most conversation in the, in the interview would be Greek dancing. Like mm-hmm. everyone would be like so fascinated by it. So that's why I tried to explain to people. I was like, it's, it reaches beyond just dance. Like it's, mm-hmm. And it teaches you to be social. And, and I've seen plenty of kids too that have been in my dance group before that may have come in and been the most timid of children and they leave and they have this different level of confidence. And mm-hmm. to touch on that point, it's yeah. one of the things that like, I'm sure you guys probably remember, like when I do workshops too, I always try to rotate people to the front. I force them to go there. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, is like in the beginning when everybody's learning the dance and no one technically knows it correctly or knows it well, I was like, this is the time where everybody gets to make mistakes, you know, because the longer you teach it, you're naturally going to have those leaders that take that spot. We mm-hmm. all have yeah. them. Yeah. But you might have leaders that are somewhere hidden in the line that just need a little nudge to get to the front, you know? So I always try to like force people to go up front and you'll, You'd be surprised how many people that like when given the opportunity, young kids and stuff too, they'll, they'll shine and you never knew they had it in them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once they get that little nudge, they just leave you in the dust. Yeah. So there's so many benefits to it. I can't even, I can't even describe. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, I, I think 
the more conferences we do and the more opportunities that we put in front of the kids, like even now we've brought our dancers, our older dancers back, um, you know, as we joke, like that we have them hold handkerchiefs because, you know, we're not holding hands yet, but, um, but we talked to them, we're like, do you guys want to do like a parking lot practice with a church, you know, in like Newport News? And they're like, yes. And it's like to see them want that connection. It's like, okay, we're definitely doing something good here. You know what I mean? And we're giving them, you know, that outlet and they do stuff with Goya, like they're paintballing and, you know, hiking and doing all that stuff with Goya. But um, the fact that they came back after COVID and they're still feeling that connection and they're like so jazzed up about what we're doing, or like we're winning, we're doing yep. something, yeah. you yep. know, better than them sitting at home and, oh, 100%. you know, being upset about the fact that COVID's going on. Cause yep. I can't imagine being a teenager during this time, you know, yeah. and the kids yeah. that have missed out on a lot of things that, you know, were that we remember doing as teenagers or whatever that are like important milestones, you know, proms mm-hmm. yeah. or homecomings or things that they just didn't get to do. And it's, it is, it's, they have a, a different level of emotion than we do. And it's in a, a different way of processing and it's important for them and even all covid and quarantining aside it's it's important for them to get out and learn those social aspects of you know how to how to deal with a group how to deal Mm -hmm. with personalities you know and like i said we we do our best we do our best absolutely evan and i went to junior prom together (laughs) Ah. (laughs) well evan and i went to the winter dance conference 2005 (laughs) was there before you no i'm just kidding (laughs) but it's it's a rite of passage and literally the reason why we went to prom together because i was like i'm not going with like an american guy from school (laughs) i was like i couldn't tell you too like i'm not going to name any names to blow people's spot up but i was like the rent date for prom for girls in my dance group that were like i went to like four different proms with girls from the dance group For the same reason, they were just like, I want to take one of these random guys from my school. Can you just take this prom? And I was like, I guess. Like, I was a pro. Like, I just had, like, you know, the dude at the Tux place, like, knew me by name. They didn't have to measure me. They're like, oh, coming back for your regular? I'm like, yeah, sure I am. Right. But this time we're going to do a blue vest. <laughs> that's it. Mix it up. Whatever she wants. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so, we totally had a guy in our dance group who did that, too. I think he uh, went to prom with, like, three or four yep, people. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, at the that's time, amazing. too, like, when I was, when I first started directing like in Boca it was like me and my best friend Jeremy were like the only two guys and it was just me and Jeremy and like 10 girls that was the dance group as a whole <laughs> and our old dance instructor like his wife became pregnant so he had to step back and that's kind of like it, at 19 when I just was forced to take the, the role because not because I volunteered or I was mm-hmm. so into it I just kind of like fell into it and that's when we started like doing different things but it was you know so that's why it was kind of like I had the, the ratio guy to girl at the time was like very skewed one direction. That's why I was kind of like, a, I would used to give Jeremy a hard time. I'd be like, Jeremy, dude, you got to like take some of these girls to prom, man. It can't be me every time. Like, step up. <laughs> I'm booked That's that amazing. weekend. <laughs> I'm, I'm booked. I'm already going. <laughs> oh my God. I love That's that. That's funny. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for being here tonight. This was awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, it was awesome. I got to be honest. Like, in the beginning, I was kind of nervous because I was just like, I've never done anything like this before. And I was like, I hope I'm not, like, awkward or quiet. But I should have known better, like, talking about dance. I can, it's easy it's, to get me going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're totally. It just, it just comes naturally. <laughs> Without a yeah. doubt. Without a doubt. And I guarantee all the people who would bother to sit and listen to this podcast, they're all in the same boat, too. <laughs> and then hopefully they're chuckling along with us thinking, like, yep, I get it, you know. 
Yeah, and you did. I I told you this when we I first reached out to you about this was that we posted on Instagram like who would you want to see on the podcast and we didn't get a huge amount of results back, but I would say I think it was like two thirds people were like Jordan Elrod. Oh, so you have a awesome. fan group. Thanks. Yeah, Shout out yeah. to my fans. I don't even know who they are, but right? nice. <laughs> I know. I Probably mean, the mustache. Everybody's listening to the mustache. That's what I'm known as. Now. The Cuban American <laughs> the Cuban mustache guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Well, if you liked this episode for all the listening, make sure that you like and subscribe and give us a rating and we will be back with more Sir Dos. Thank you again, Jordan. This was amazing. Thank you guys. It was awesome. Anytime. Mm